Hello, everyone, or anyone, if there's anyone out there listening. Welcome to the Football Tavern. I'll be your host, Andy Carroll. Absolutely enthusiastic as fuck about football. And we're just here to chat absolute nonsense and see what happens. We will be talking classic matches, classic players cult heroes and everything else in between so let's get stuck in and see what it's all about now we're gonna go on and talk about classic matches we're in the summer of 2020 we should be ready to sit back and watch Year 2020 in all its glory. Um, Scotland, I'd like to have thought, would have made it there. Beating Israel in the Nations League and then taking on, I'm going to say Norway would have beaten Serbia. And uh, the Tartan Army would have been in fine voice at this uh, European Championships. However, none of that happened because football just stopped. But I'm going to talk about the last European Championships, Euro 2016, real standout game, um, historical significance as well. Wales reaching the semi-finals of the European Championships, what an incredible achievement. But that night, that night where they beat Belgium 3-1, surely has to go down as one of the greatest underdog stories and also one of the greatest games in European Championship history. Belgium, at the time, an absolute powerhouse. Let's just run through the Belgian team, right? So, in goals, Thibaut Courtois. I mean, great, great goalkeeper. When you compare that to Wales's goalkeeper, uh, Wayne Hennessy, I mean, I wouldn't even go there. Um, Belgium have many PSG right back. Uh, Alderweireld, Jason Denier. Celtic man and Jordan Lukaku in the back four. I mean, it's still pr- still pretty strong back four. You have to admit. And um, I mean, it's not it's not world class, is it really? But it should be strong enough to beat a Wales team. Um, it looks like they lined up four five one with uh, Nangolan and Axel Witzel as the two sort of. Defensive midfielders, holding midfielders as it were. Fitzel probably sitting in Nangolan, maybe box to box. Nangolan ended up scoring. What I remember in the 16th minute was, sorry, 13th minute was, I think it was a pretty decent strike. Long range effort. Wayne Hennessy showing why he's the Wales number one and not the Belgian number one. Um, Not covering himself in glory, but. Yeah, Nangolan, great, great centre midfielder. Currently at Cagliari. I've been told he's there because his missus uh, has to go to hospital and she's got cancer, so he wanted to be closer to the cancer ward. Fair play to him into Milan, let him go. Uh, so, sorry, did I say 4-5-1? Wales, line, uh, Belgium lining up a 4-2-3-1 with Hazard on the left, I think it is, Carrasco on the right, and... KDB, Kevin De Bruyne, centre attacking midfield. 
I mean, that is pretty world-class. Carrasco, in his career, hasn't really gone anywhere after leaving Atleti. Wound up in China. Clearly only there for the money, but I think he's he's back at Atleti. Uh, just double-check that. I think Carrasco is back at Atleti. Uh, there was talk of Arsenal wanting him. Arsenal, there's always talk of them wanting anybody, to be honest. And chances are they won't ever get anyone decent because they're just not good enough to attract that sort of player. Uh, Yannick Carrasco, yeah, he's on loan um, from Dalian Professional. Bizarre. Up front for Belgium that day was uh, Romelu Lukaku. Got an absolute awful touch for a big man. But he is Belgium's all-time top goal scorer and in the international stage. There's rarely any like him. I always remember when he was at Chelsea, there was comparisons with Didier Drogba. Drogba, though, he definitely was world-class. Lukaku, I'm not quite sure if he is world-class, but surely good enough to beat it. Pretty average Wales team, apart from, obviously, the two big men they've got. So, Wales lining up. Not quite sure on this formation here. I'm thinking it's a probably a 4-4-2. Uh, with Hennessy and goals, Chester, Williams, Davies and Gunter in the back. Um, Joe Allen, Joe Ledley, Aaron Ramsey and Taylor, the left back. I think they brought just into midfield, which may make it just a wee bit more defensive. With Bale off of Robson Canu, but Robson Canu had the absolute game of his life. That goal, that finish. It really, that that probably that that's that scared Belgium when he scored that and he put Fellaini on toast. Absolutely incredible game. Wales, I think they were without Bale as they went through and played Portugal, but Portugal got really really lucky in that tournament. Really really lucky. Ronaldo obviously in the final, pretending he's the bloody manager. Do not know what the hell was going on there. Absolutely bizarre. But uh, Chris Coleman. Um, sorry, that's a bail, missed the semi. I was talking nonsense. It was Ben Davies and Aaron Ramsey pick, uh, missed the semi after picking up two yellows. Um, Aaron Ramsey, massive player for Wales. Uh, Gareth Bale's obviously the main man, but Aaron Ramsey always gets overlooked. Always gets overlooked. He is an absolute colossus in midfield for them. And uh, that was Wales through to their first semi-final. Um, Sam Volks as well. I mean, pretty much had an absolutely nothing career, Sam Volks. At Wolves, I remember. Um, ordinary, at best. Oh, look at his career here, right? Bournemouth. He started off at Bournemouth. Went to Wolves. Uh he was on loan at six clubs from Wolves. So Wolves clearly bought him and thought, mate, you're absolute pish. Sent him to Burnley, where he was there for seven years. 56 goals in 230 games is not anything to be that proud of as a striker. But that header really, really finished off Belgium. And they didn't really have anything 
any real response, Belgium. It was really surprising. I made three subs. Dries Mertens, Napoli's top scorer, came on. Uh, Mitsi Bashuai. Bashuai, I remember. He's in the same category as Divo Karigi, isn't he, really? Promised so much. Delivered next to nothing. The argument for Rigi is... He probably did a job for Liverpool when they won the Champions League that season, but... For me, not good enough. You, you wouldn't have him as your number nine. He's your first number nine. You just would not have him. Mitzi Bashuai as well. Again, flattered to deceive. Went to Dortmund, started banging him in. He got found out. We bit like Paco Alcacer. And not too sure about Haaland. Uh, was talking to my mate about this the other day. Just don't... Th- I'm not sure if he offers that much, Haaland. I mean, finisher, hardest part of the game, putting the ball in the back of the net. He's a great finisher. But I just, I'm not, I'm not convinced by him, but we'll see. We'll see how that progresses. Belgium's bench. I mean, Mignolet, you could definitely start for Wales. Fellaini, definitely. Dries Mertens, definitely. Origi. He's better than Sam Votes and Hal Robson Canu, isn't he? Uh, Mr Dembele, midfielder. Benteke, Bachwai, Cabaselli. Decent, decent players. On the night, Wales showed my heart and desire. That's what it's about. It's a team game, especially international. It's not so much about the chemistry between the players, it's about the desire to win. And Wales had that in abundance. In that fateful night in 2016. And that's why that is one of my favourite and a classic match from the European Championships. Guys, we're back. Second half of the podcast. And we're going to be talking about cult heroes, I guess. But... uh, just one of my favourite players as well. Lucky enough to have seen him playing on TV. As a youngster, albeit. Um, Pavel Nedved. What a boy. Seriously. Almost single-handedly dragged that Czech Republic team. Um, well, they didn't really do anything in Czech Republic, but I mean, compare them to the Czech Republic team now. They're crying out for a Nedved still character. Thomas Rosicky as well. He was meant to be the new Nedved, really. I don't think he lived up to it based on... Just kind of based on his his injury record. But anyway, we're not here to talk about Thomas. We're here to talk about Pavel. So let's talk Pavel. So he's been described as one of the best footballers of his generation and he's regarded as the most successful to emerge from Czech Republic. He won domestic accolades and European accolades with Lazio and then laterally with uh, Juventus. And he actually won the Champions League with them in 2003. He was a key member of the Czech team that reached the final of Euro 96, which is an absolutely outrageous achievement. Um, And he got international attention during that, as you can imagine. Captained the Czech Republic in 2004, for Euro 2004, where they were beaten by Greece, which isn't, I mean, on paper, it probably was an absolute abomination. Milan Baros and Big Jan Koller, absolutely causing it back then for uh, Czech Republic but wasn't to be 
Greece ended up champions, beating Portugal somehow, bizarrely. Anyway, we won't dwell on that. And he also helped Czech Republic qualify for the first World Cup after the breakup of that mythical land, Czechoslovakia. Um, the Czech media called him the Little Bear. But here it is. This is the biggest, surely the biggest achievement in his career. 2003, he won the Ballon d'Or. Absolutely outrageous. A player from the Czech Republic winning the Ballon d'Or. I mean, seriously. Absolutely outrageous. He's apparently, though, he's the second Czech player to receive the honour. Um, don't ask me who the first Czech player wants to receive the honour. Because um, I probably couldn't name you more than 10 or 11 Czech footballers. But I'm slightly being disrespectful to them here. Because I definitely could. We've got Plasio. We've got Gregera. we got Peter Czech. we got... Who else we got? Jan Kolovsky. Plenty. Do not think I don't know Czech, my Czech football. I know everything about Czech football. Said no one. Um, also, Pele, bizarrely. I mean, I personally think Pele's a fraud, but Pele named him in um, the FIFA 100 list, which uh, was quite an achievement, I guess, back then, because that was Pele's favourite 100 players, which was bizarre. Uh, he also played 501 league matches. Scored 110 goals, capped 91 times, scored 18 times for Czech Republic. His career um, only really played for five clubs. Um, Skoda Pulsen, great record for them. Some would say 100% record. Zero games, zero goals. Went on loan to Dukla Prague, 19 games and three goals for them. Can't say I know much about that. Uh, then he went to Sparta Prague which is how he got his move to Lazio because after Euro 96 he made that move to Lazio Sparta Prague he was there for four years between 92 and 96 uh, played 97 times scored 23 goals uh, well Lazio I mean he's then obviously tried to well I say tried to he's been he's more mainstream than Lazio isn't he 138 games 33 goals that's around about the time Lazio bankrolled Sven Goran Eriksson, et al. Um, Juan Sebastian Veron, Hernan Crespo, etc. I mean, just sexy, sexy football in Italy at that point. Then he made the move to Juve, 2001 to 2009, 247 games, 51 goals. Pretty incredible uh, stuff. Um, currently, as of the 18-19 season, he was a director of Juventus, which shows you how highly he's regarded there. Um, as part of the Agnelli family's investment company, XOR, uh, they nominated him for a seat on the board, which was quite an achievement. And it does show that not only was he a great player, he was probably a great man and really respected in Italy, which was pretty, pretty incredible. Uh, so overall, I'd like to think that Hernan, uh, Hernan Crespo, Pavel Nedved, absolute cult cult hero, and played in. I mean, the fact he even got games in that Juventus team, incredible. Besides Zidane, I mean, 
football just doesn't exist like that anymore. I don't think there's players like Nedved, Zidane, um, looking around for other players that he's uh, played with or against Thierry Henry, Paolo Maldini, Fabio Cannavaro, Lillian Turan. Just, it's a different time, isn't it? It's an absolute different time. But anyway, I won't talk anymore. Um, Pavel Nedved, he's got to be, got to be a cult hero, one of the best in the business. So there we have it. First podcast down. That's us. I got nothing else to say on the matter. Um, talking football there, classic game, Wales Belgium, iconic, and cult hero, classic player. Pavel Nedved. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I could probably do it with a co-host. We'll see how that goes. I'll put in some bids for Gareth Southgate. Zindine Zidane. I heard that he might be available to do this. <sighs> Who knows? I'm chatting absolute bollocks. Have a good day, guys. See you later.